Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Do you have a person in your life that you've learned from in more ways than you can count? I can speak for Teddy and I when I say Jennifer Marcaccini has been a true gift to each one of us. Jennifer is a kundalini yoga and meditation teacher, wife and mother of two girls, who has dedicated her life to helping individuals unleash their human potential and grow into bigger versions of themselves. Jen, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So looking forward to the conversation. Yeah. So I, what has been your path to, you know, learning about Kundalini yoga, like getting a spark or a download from the universe saying like, keep doing this, this feels good. Mm, I love that question so much. Cause it really, yeah, puts me in a place of reflection. I've been practicing now as a student for 20 years um, almost just shy. It was 2004 when I had my first kind of experience in a Kundalini class, but basically I started as many people do, um, on this path, just through the path of yoga, you know, yoga had kind of become my church in my early twenties. I had stepped into a class at the gym, which I think many people can relate to as their first experience with yoga and I thought, oh my gosh, this is, there's really something to this. Cause I was very much a gym rat. I loved working out. I loved how it made me feel. And then I started this practice of yoga after that workout, just to really like help me unwind. And there was a lot of stretching involved and I just felt more in my body. And then a friend of mine had told me about a yoga studio in Royal Oak, Michigan. And from there, that's when the journey really started. I tried a lot of different paths. I was really into power vinyasa. I did a lot of ashtanga. You know, there's just, there's really just something for everyone. And uh, basically that then became my church. You know, for me, um, I just, even the work, the working out at the gym, it just kind of all left um, because I just got so wrapped up in the yoga. And then one Sunday afternoon in 2024, I found myself in a Kundalini class and it was a Sunday afternoon. I was at a little bit of a point of transition in my life and I experienced the class and thought, this is so weird. You know, we're chanting in this, um, my teacher has something like wrapped around her head. Why does she have that wrapped around her head? Um, I was so used to vinyasa, which always seemed to have like a very beautiful flow, a beautiful rhythm. And in this, the posture seemed kind of awkward and disjointed. Uh, and there was a lot of breath work, which I wasn't used to. But interestingly enough, when we went into Shavasana and kind of laid out in this deep relaxation, I just felt so at peace. And at that point I had this voice that said, you're supposed to teach this. 
And I thought, whoa, there is no way I'm going to teach this. At that time, I was a consultant all over the country. And I also was grappling with, I think this practice is really weird. You know, that's that was kind of what was going on inside of me. But I couldn't um, argue with that, that inner voice of like just how good I felt. And from there, the journey started. And I started practicing just on a weekly basis And then eventually about four years later, I had the voice again, you're supposed to teach this. And then I, I got a certification in Hatha yoga because I still wasn't quite ready, I guess, to take that dive. Um, And then a few years later, a couple, maybe just a year later, I then did do the Kundalini teacher training. And I just was so like sure that, that it was my path. Um, or a part of my path, at least in that phase of my life. So uh, with that, yes, you know, with that, yes, that actual then really listening to that inner voice, my whole life started to change and, um, and change for the better. So for me, Kundalini just really has helped me to access this, that voice inside that gives me the direction um, of how to work with my life, how to proceed in my life, um, and really how to live a life that's, um, you know, beyond what maybe others think are possible. So it's been a real gift. It is. It's such a gift. Yeah. I love that you acknowledge that it might sound or look or feel a little weird. If you first go into a class, it's kind of like in pure bar where they're like, you need at least three classes to understand what's happening here. You know, like I feel like all modalities, it's like, give it another shot, you know, and it could be the teacher and it could be all these other things, but it's like, listen to your body. It's like you're, you came to your mat that day for a reason because you are guided. And I feel like some people just might not have like the best first experience or they're not listening to the same like level that you are. Yeah, it's so true. You know, and I, what happens for us, I think, especially as women, it's like all about what society tells us we're supposed to be doing and tells us how we're supposed to be showing up and tells us what our life is looking like. And with Kundalini yoga, personally, I found that it really helps lift the veil on all of that and helps us to create this container where we can more fiercely like really listen and really attune, you know, to what it is um, that our higher self is wanting to bring forth. Yes. You have a beautiful evolution of, you know, when you first discovered it and then your, you know, your yoga path that I feel like a lot of people listening will resonate with because it's interesting. It's like, so many people, you know, work corporate jobs, they're on the go, they're just like, go, go, go. And then it's kind of like Kundalini was like, you need to stop. (laughs) You're like, who who is the real Jen? Like, what does she really want? Like, what type of life does she desire? And that's just, I think that's really beautiful that like, you know, it probably took, it didn't take, take, it wasn't like overnight where you're just like, I'm going to be a Kundalini teacher. It was just like dipping your toe in the water And then realizing this feels good. This feels good for me and my body. And you pursued it. And listening. But really quick, 
what if someone's hearing us talk and they're like, what is this word Kundalini they're saying? Like, what is it? How would Jen Marcaccini describe what Kundalini is? Yeah, Kundalini, um, I mean, there's a couple different explanations because the word Kundalini is basically through many different lineages, um, through many different traditions, Kundalini is the energy that lies dormant at the base of the spine. And in Kundalini yoga, uh, the majority that I have practiced over the years, even though I'm now starting to open up to, to understand some of the different paths, the different lineages is Kundalini yoga is taught by Yogi Bhajan. And um, what we're really doing there is working with moving the, that energy up the body, you know, especially in today's world, we all live a lot from kind of those lower um, energy centers. So we live in this place of like, got to get it done. If I don't get it done, I'm, you know, I I'm fearful. And, and, and what this helps us do is kind of move that energy up so that we can really be living from a place of wholeness. And when we think about ourselves, um, you know, bigger than ourself, bigger than our, our physical body and start to even look at the world as energy. And then ourselves as energy, what we want to be doing is just, you know, work, be working it throughout our system. So with the Kundalini, it's actually this amazing thing we have as humans to be able to work with that energy and, and work with ultimately moving it up up. And as I like to talk about moving out of the conditioned mind and, you know, dropping everything into the heart, um, and, and going from that place. And, and I will add to Sonia, what you mentioned earlier. Yeah. I, that's something that's really important for me. Um, when I share my path and when I work with people is, you know, there's no real destination here. It's, a constant journey and it's this journey of awareness and kundalini yoga is also known as the yoga of awareness so as you continue practicing you'll notice like your awareness gets bigger around whether it's how you're living your life whether it's like this relationship that wow this isn't really working whether it's what is it that i'm really wanting to pursue it's like we just keep peeling back these layers and for me I loved my job as a consultant and I continued with that, but it was like, as I kept growing and growing and growing all of a sudden with grace, it kind of then fell off and I pivoted into a new direction. And, and that's a big part of what I love to share is, you know, even through the challenges in life, even in those, the loss, the pain with a dedicated practice, we can learn how to work with it with grace. That's beautiful. I mean, it's so true. It's like, there is no destination. Why are we doing this crazy rat race to ourselves when it's like, we could just be enjoying life and having self-discipline. That's a huge part of it. And like, I think that's a huge part of self-discovery as well is like allowing yourself to be dedicated to some type of practice. But I, that reminded me, so Teddy and I, we're both your students and now Teddy and I teach Kundalini and meditation and sound in Boise. And we had a group of girls and they were like 10 plus years younger than us last week. 
And it was so special because, you know, they were just young and it was like the roles were reversed for really the first time I felt like, oh, wow, like I'm a whole decade older than these girls. (laughs) And afterwards, this one was like, how do you feel, you know, to one of the girls? And she was like, have you seen the movie Ratatouille? (laughs) And I'm like, no, (laughs) because rodents aren't my jam. (laughs) But she had like then. She said that in the movie, that class to her was like the first time he tasted fruit. And I just touched my heart. I was like, what a beautiful like visualization or like that was like what she left, you know, class with was like, yeah, she just tasted the sweet fruit for the first time. My gosh, I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. And Yeah, it really, especially for us as women, you know, the different phases, the stages, how we can give and how we can receive is just really so beautiful. And I love how you all are out there sharing these modalities, you know, one of which Kundalini and back to Teddy's question, a Kriya, even though it's not like a flow with specific, like it always flows with like this conditioning of what we've been taught it flows with it's just specific postures that create a complete action and that complete action can be working with the heart it can be working um with the sacral for us as women our womb our second chakra it can be working to fortify like our strength um and balance in this world and I love your ex- explanation or her explanation of it was like eating fruit for the first time because you feel like, oh, where has this been my whole life? <laughs> yeah, it was cool because that's like the age 24, 25 when Sony and I found it too. So we were like, oh, it's a full circle moment tonight. Even though I've had a couple women showing up in that age group, but to have like a group together, like 20 of them, it was like, ooh, this is juicy. Pretty cool. And the trust, like there was trust in the room. It was like, they were trusting us to guide them. I don't feel like they were thinking it was that weird, but I kind of acknowledge that it might be, and they can just think I'm a weird old lady and that's okay. (laughs) I gave them permission to do that. I, I love that. I love, I love that Teddy. Like I gave them permission, you know, I gave permission to just, and that's what we, um, whether it be through the yoga practice, or different embodiment practices. I know Sonia, you're offering a lot of writing now too. It's like this this giving permission because as we do that, like, especially as women, we can just be so true in our authenticity. And and that um, is another benefit for me personally, why, why Kundalini Yoga has been such an important part of my path because as I peel back the layers of, of self, especially with the breath work, I mean, it's so powerful because you're working with this inner resistance inside of you. You're working with these, these pieces of you that feel like they've just never really come forth. And then it's like, wow, I'm fearless. I'm working with the eighth body, my pranic body. I'm working with that breath and I am fearless. I don't care what other people think. I am going to live the life I was meant to live here. It's really powerful. Yeah. What so you just said and I'm here to live the life I meant to. So that's a destiny. Can you talk a little bit about like what a true destiny is and how 
you might have these pings and these intuitions that that's what you want. That's who you are. Like, how can someone expand on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, you know, and, and that word destiny used so much nowadays, right? So it's such a good question, Teddy. Like, what does that like really mean? Yeah, what is and- I mean, you know what I mean? Because it's like, we want to follow our hearts and we want to, you know, live every day to the fullest. But it's like, if you truly are thinking of this end goal, which would be your destiny or to live it out a certain way, how do you know, like you're on the right track? Maybe that's the question too. You know, so a couple of things, you know, first of all, like my counsel with destiny is first try to step out of feeling like it's an, an outcome or feeling like it's a final outcome. Because that's all of a sudden, then when we start to put pressure and expectations on ourselves, you know, destiny itself, when we can look at life as this, as this journey, and even now, like you've shared with me, these reflection points over the last 10 years, like, oh, that reminded us of us. And then you, you look where you are today and it's like, wow, that there's some destiny built in there, you know, what you're now offering. And one way I really love to describe destiny, and this was uh, actually recently given to me when I was in India last spring and who we were sitting with the teacher, you know, he said, unfortunately, sometimes, um, you know, destiny, it can be misused. A woman raised her hand and she said, I have all these things I'm interested in, which kind of sounds like, you know, what, what you're getting at, Teddy, there's all these things I'm interested in. Where do I focus? Like, what's my purpose? You know, kind of what's my purpose? And he was like, you know, basically like destiny and, pur- and purpose, like it's different. Like our destiny is to be a kind, serviceful human. It's to really come from a place of compassion. And until you get those things in order, your purpose will feel really confusing. So it, and that's why when we look at the practice of yoga or these different modalities like writing and sound healing and all these different things we offer, when we use those and they help to ignite in us this, this feeling where we feel good, we feel whole all of a sudden, then we wake up the next day and it's like, well, my purpose is clear. I'm like, I'm ready to get out there, you know? And I think like, I love how you said earlier, Teddy, like give permission. I think it's great to give people permission to look at destiny as a place of how to be the best human being you can be the kindest, most compassionate, most authentic person. Cause then it's like the life just really begins flowing through you to this extent that you're, you're able to weave and move and grace the possibilities come in, they come out a new thing. And there's like a flow to all of that. Destiny, that like, I feel like it's more of an energy than when you kind of describe it and purpose might be the humanness and those goals that we like want. But I love that destiny first. That's kind I, of like love first. Yes, exactly. It, it really is. It's, and, and I love how you said that too, self-love first, because how often when we have a goal or an outcome in mind, do we then put ourselves to the backside, you know, yeah. and then, and then all of a sudden all of that's lost. And then, 
when something doesn't go the way we want it to go, it's like really hard for us to have the capacity to handle that. So working, especially as women, like giving yourself these, these things that just help you to feel good, help you to feel more alive. Um, that's a destiny, destiny driven life. That's I love that. Destiny driven instead of purpose driven, which people talk about that too. Cool. What do you think about, or could you explain when you, you are teaching and I've heard other teachers use this, but you talk about building your container. So going off that self-love and self-care, like why do we need to build our container? And, and what is that physically and like energy wise? Mm, that's such a good question. Yeah. Building our container so that when we go out and are serving, we're building the container, you know, with the people we're working with, we're all kind of doing that together but it's important for our container to be strong. And the other word I use is building our capacity. So it's what we build our capacity to hold the life, this life in all its many forms. And that's when that daily practice comes in because it's like through the commitment to ourselves, these practices that make us feel good, they make us whole, we're just building them the capacity to hold, you know, the loss of life, the pain of life, sometimes the opportunities of life that get us in the state of overwhelm, but how to hold them at a place of this knowing I can move with this, you know, I can flow with this. And as a teacher, that's also, you're building that container in the setting you're in that as people are you know, showing up with, with their own lives, you're able to move with it. You're able to hold it. You're able to flow with it. Um, but it does first have to start with you. Um, having that muscle, you know, is enough, another way I like to describe it, that muscle. And I know I myself, you know, have, we don't even realize our, our evolution. We don't even realize our own involvement. You know, Teddy, you mirrored that for me in our recent retreat, like, wow, you've changed. And I'm like, really, I've changed, you know, but, but that that's actually, that's amazing. Cause that's why we're here. We're all here to grow and change and, and evolve. And, um, the, the stronger our muscle, you know, the, the bigger we get, basically the bigger, the container we can hold. It keeps like how you say, like, you have to like, kind of like feed your soul or, give your soul the work and commitment to feel whole. And I feel like that's a really interesting thing that keeps coming up for me. Like one of my good girlfriends is like, I feel whole right now. And like, what a good feeling it is to feel whole. So doing like everyone listening and like who listens to the girl powerful podcast, it's like, keep doing the work, like, you know, find how to be compassionate, find how to love yourself, because when you do that continually on a, you know, a daily basis, find a practice that really sparks, you know, your life and your heart, you're going to feel whole. And, you know, in our society, everything is like fear, lack, not enough, but it's like happiness what makes you happy those moment like little glimmer moments you know that people are just like now a trend I'm like that's nice like find little glimmers throughout your day that makes you feel whole and complete it doesn't have to be material or a trip or anything it's just 
little ways to feel whole. I love that so much, Sonia. It's yeah. Connecting into those practices, those moments, that gratitude. Yeah. You know? Because then if you feel whole, like your container, whenever, because like as a teacher, it's like people come up to you right away after class. Like I know you've experienced that a million times and they want to like tell you everything about their life. And it's like, yes, they're attracted to you. They honor you and respect you, but you also have to be protected to not take on their weight or their sorrows or, you know, cause they want to be open and share with you. Absolutely. And, and that's, again, kind of, we, at the beginning, we talked about Kundalini yoga. That's why personally, I love the practice because it really, you know, there's a few things I talked about creates complete action, all the breath work, the mantra, the chanting, but ultimately you're working with your prana, your life force, and you're working with how to expand that and also how to contain it within you. And, um, yeah, that's what I, I love what you just said, Sonia, because that's whether you're, you're wanting to do that or not, when you're practicing it, that's ultimately what you're doing with that, this path of yoga, this type of yoga, um, you're just building your your inner resources and your your capacity to hold life in all its many forms while keeping yourself in this integral place. Yeah, I I love Kundalini yoga. I don't think if anyone hasn't heard me say Kundalini yoga in the last year, then they're obviously not following me <laughs> because I'm very outwardly like in love with it. But I think Sonia, what you said, like just find whatever modality works for you. Even if it's off your mat, maybe it's mountain biking, maybe it's just walking in nature. Like it could be anything, but back to Kundalini, my other teacher, Saska Neal would always say that Kundalini was like, the fast track yoga and like one year of kundalini practice every day is equal to 10 years of vinyasa every day. Jen, like, could you talk about that? Like what is fast track yoga? And like, maybe that's, yeah, I have a feeling you'll explain that. Well, I, I will. And I'll explain it through my experience. Cause okay. you know, one thing as I've deepened into my practice and practices as well. One thing I, I find what we do a little bit in the States is we like create this like separation, you know, cause ultimately yoga is union. So back to your point, Teddy, if, if, if a practice of vinyasa makes you feel in union with yourself, like go for it, you know, cause if, if, if just breath work makes you feel in union with yourself, go for it. Yoga is yoke. It's the union. Now, I would agree based on my personal experience that Kundalini yoga was a fast track to my, my, it is a fast track to my transformation. And, um, just as an example to that, when I finally listened to that voice and said, yes, I'm going to teach. And I started, you know, a very, um, very rigorous daily practice all of a sudden so many things in my life just started falling off. And, and it wasn't because I was like trying to do that. I wasn't like working so hard to make, make myself lose a little bit of weight. It just like was happening. And I know it's because this, the, the powerful alchemy of the Kriya 
with the breath work, with the chanting, there's an alchemy in that, that all of a sudden these, these weights, whether they're conscious or unconscious to you, they just begin dropping off. You know, they just begin kind of, of, of leaving. And sometimes it can feel scary, you know, cause you're questioning, wait, wait, whoa, what's happening in my life? Why? Like, this is so different, but when you're able just to, to, to move with it, move with the energy, you then just see like, wow, that actually wasn't really serving me. You know, that wasn't really serving me to, to the best. And, you know, Kundalini, um, as it's been given to us and explained to us in the States, uh, in India, it, it is a caste system. It still is to this day, not to the extent it was, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But Kundalini was actually only given to those with, with a certain prestige or a certain amount of money. It was only offered because of, even in that culture, because it is a fast track to transformation, to, you know, this, this opening of self. And that's, what's so beautiful now, you know, we all have access, um, to really work with our own mastery and use this, or as we've mentioned, so many other tools to help us deepen into ourselves. Self-mastery. I love that term. And I've only heard it with you, <laughs> but I really respect you because you tell everyone, learn this practice and then go teach it. So you're not like only come to my class and only show up and like, it's my program. It's kind of like you want to teach, you want people to connect with themselves and then go spread it far and wide, which is I uh, sort of, I do actually, and that's something I am passionate about. I, you know, I, and first and foremost, I definitely think a guide, you know, having a teacher like that is important, but for some of these breath pack practice, some of these things that are giving you, you know, may helping you feel different, go and share. And for me, I just have a really, um, interesting way that I look at, even when you both said like, oh, you're our teacher. Like, I love that. And I'm honored by that. But I also feel like, and I am a human evolving just like everybody else. And that's where I feel this time that we're coming on the planet is looking at these practices with such humility and knowing that we are a beginner always till our next step. And that's why I'm constantly encouraging everyone. If you feel it, when you feel it, share it. When you feel it, dive deeper in different, you know, courses, um, different immersive experiences, different journeys, so that you can continue that, you know, that level of opening in yourself. Because ultimately, even if you're not teaching it, you're modeling it for all those around you. And that to me is like, you know, the greatest thing that we can start doing in society today. Yeah. Someone recently came to a class and said, I'm so glad there's something to do in town that doesn't involve alcohol. Mm -hmm. And that's so big because our culture, it's like, come party, come do, you know, it's like, there's always alcohol and we all know it's a depressant and it's not healthy for us. So it is really nice to be able to be, you know, a source for, healthy living. 
Like you can commune with people and not have alcohol. <laughs> I promise you'll be able to like last the full hour. <laughs> but back to self-mastery. So I know that you are kind of built, like changing your business model from holding like weekly classes or online classes. And you're kind of working with more advanced students or or teachers. I don't know what you would say. People. Right. <laughs> well, I am really, you know, I'm really excited. Um, you know, just really looking forward to what's what's next in terms of um, my offerings. And yeah, I've gotten really clear that I am called to work with, um, you know, stewards, leaders, visionaries, whoever it might be in their, in their careers, in their communities, in their families as well, who are really wanting to just deepen into this journey of self-mastery to really understand that there's ultimately no destination. It's this continued process of opening up to our vulnerability, to delving into the layers of self and, um, you know, emotional resilience is something that I'm really excited to be offering, uh, as well as um, connecting us into our energy centers so that we have really embodied and, and really brilliant speech, learning how to work with the inner energy, helping especially women connect to their inner intelligence, their intuition, their knowing. Um, and then ultimately what I'm all about is living a life that's lighter. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people will say like, oh, you're, you know, Jen, oh, your life, like, it's so easy. No, we've all come here. No one is unscathed, but I'm just so, so um, committed to teaching people how to really work with like those traumas and those scars, those burdens and allow their lightness of being to shine. And, and I do feel like that is my cause. I've gotten clear, you know, I'm a mother, I have two children, I'm in a different phase and it feels really exciting to be taking these embodiment practices, not just Kundalini, but these embodiment practices and um, modeling, teaching, showing how they can really help us live life to the fullest. Yeah, I was just recently with you and Telluride and I expected probably more of the traditional, like we're going to do Kundalini three times a day, like we used to in Ojai. And like we started our day with Kundalini and then it moved on to like a nature experience, a tea ceremony, writing and sharing and witnessing the other women's stories and their heartfelt journeys. And so it is cool to see all modalities come together, but I do like honoring Kundalini as the first part of the day because <laughs> we know the truth. It's our favorite. <laughs> I, I love that too, Teddy. I know for, you know, and for me, you know, everyone is different, has their path, but for me, that is how I like to wake up in the morning. Personally. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it really sets my day. Um, but that's also a vision I have, uh, you know, you both know, and I'll just mentioned your audience, like writing for me has been another huge modality on my own path of wholeness. I love offering that. So yeah, I know that you're, you know, offering some beautiful spaces around that. 
Um, but I just have visions too, for all the, you know, people who are, you know, the stewards, leaders, visionaries of these modalities, like just all of us to be coming together and learning and growing and sharing uh, from one another, because there's so much available, you know, so much available for all yeah, of us. That abundance. I love that. I think that's what you embody too, is abundance. So people are drawn to you. Like when Sonia said, like, everyone wants to come talk to you after class. It's like, you just had five days of people wanting to talk to you for five days straight. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's like, you had to hold, you know, your container and build yourself. You probably were up doing your own practices before meeting with us because, you know, people like to you know, bump into your energy a little bit, you know, take what they see and they like it. It Do you is have any an advice about that though? Like bubbling up when you are a leader and a visionary in your community, like even if it's more of a old school situation, like a boardroom meeting and that kind of thing, could you talk a little bit about protecting your energy when you are doing all this inner healing and work? Absolutely. And, you know, and I will say, you know, to all my, you just mentioned even in a boardroom, Teddy, like that really started for me when I was a consultant, you know, and working in a lot of corporations, I was like moving really fast, dealing with a lot of people, you know, at one point in my career, we, we were putting on these massive launches and going from all these different destinations. So it'd be like 200 people. And not only was I up speaking in front of the audience, but I was like in charge of like the technology and I can remember still, I can, uh, my body even still holds some of that anxiety, you know, that feeling of like, oh my gosh, is it going to go? Is it going to go? And I, I, you know, of course I also was doing Kundalini at that point. So the Kundalini practice is really important, but I also in those mornings would get up and I would just envision myself just completely, just so strong and so solid I'd envision everything running smoothly. And I would also just take a moment to put like this big kind of bubble around me, like this big circle, you know, which ultimately is energy, but I would be just envisioning this big bubble. And then I would even envision maybe someone like touching it, but the hand would repel back, you know? So it's like, I was just making this huge uh, fortress if you will, like for lack of a better word around me. And it wasn't so that I wasn't letting others in. I absolutely was still receiving, but it was like almost like this protection barrier. And then I'll also offer, you know, with uh, Kundalini yoga, you know, working with the pranic body, the breath in the morning is good because it keeps you really fortified. Again, when it is a benefit, you're, you're really fearless also working with the heart, the magnetic field around the heart. Um, you know, sometimes doing Teddy, I noticed you had posted like doing just the circular motion with the, the index finger on up that just helps build like this really like sweet field around the heart. That's not only sweet, but it's strong. Um, so, and there's, there's actually so many different on a Kundalini, like so many different tools, but for those not really interested on that, just envisioning kind of yourself as this big, strong in this big, strong, secure bubble of, of energy as your own fortress is really helpful. I need to be more mindful of that. Um, 
Yeah, even but the other evening coming home from our retreat, I did. I took a minute and protected myself and did a little Palo Santo all over the space and, you know, said, goodbye, negative energy. I'm good. <laughs> Actually, I'm glad you brought that up, though, too. Yeah, burning, Palo Santo, sage, you know, Teddy was just with us. We would sage every morning, you know, just so it's clean and clear that energy doing it at the end. That's great. Yeah. It's fun. It's like, why not tap into all these modalities? I feel like it makes my life way more full, like and playful in a way too. And like magical, whimsical, it's like, and then it turns into, that's all like the feminine of it. And then it turns into the power, the fearlessness that I'm going to do this and I feel in alignment. So it's going to work out. Exactly. These are allies, Mm -hmm. you know, the listeners that we're talking about, these are allies, you know, so building your energy field, maybe a couple practices, uh, whether it be Kundalini or Reiki or burning, burning the sage also too, there's nothing wrong with like a little bit of intention setting and a little bit of prayer right before you go in. I like to talk to my ancestors, even like my, my grandmother, who is like a powerhouse, like grandma Vera, like, give me the strength that you held, you know, when you raised seven children and were the head of a nursing ward, like help me, you know, help me, you know, just be strong and integral and kind and loving here, you know, so there's, there's so much out there. Um, but, and, and that's where we really want to tune in we have to create the space and time, you know, we have to create the space in order to do that. And that takes intention and that takes commitment. Yeah. So in our teachings, right. The first step to happiness is a commitment. Mm -hmm. Do you know the other three off the top of your head? Oh my gosh. Or some of them. I, I think there's, I, I actually do not remember them off the top of my head, but yeah, number one, the first step step of yeah. commitment is happiness. Um, you know, which th- there's actually 10 of those. There are, um, there are the, the four, um, sutras like through the Kundalini yoga, you know, vibrate the cosmos, and basically the cosmos have your back. So when we're chanting mantra, you know, that's another way to kind of work with that energy and that protection chanting. It's also in the English language setting affirmations, um, as, as one example. And there really are just like, you know, there's just so many opportunities and that's, what's fun about this, right? When we really get in, that's, what's fun about this is like, you're, you're like, I'm just going to give that a try and see how it feels. And, you know, now as a mother, that's what I'll say to my daughters all the time. Well, how did it feel? Not what did you do rather? How did it feel? And that just puts us in a different place and down a different path. Yeah, definitely. When we were both loving that word permission earlier in the conversation and I think Yogi Bhajan would say, give yourself permission to live your mission. And there's a lot of like cute, cheeky things like that, like freedom, free your dome. Do you have a favorite that comes into your teachings or that you recite in class? Just kind of came to mind. I do say that the commitment or commitment is the first step to happiness in most of my classes. 
specifically showing up, but then also continuing with the movement, right? And staying committed in those three minutes or the one minute, whatever, you know, the timing is just like, keep up, don't quit. Then you don't have to feel guilt and all those like negative things. I know I, I, and I love that too, you know, cause truly for me, like my devotion has come from the, my commitment and it's like, like building that muscle and trusting yourself. But the other one I love, especially for us as women, I love relaxed to attract and, you know, just allowing ourselves this, this space to let go. And, you know, sometimes that's in Shavasana. Sometimes that's just after you've finished up a, a practice and you just are like, like, wow, I, I can feel my breath. <laughs> you know? I can connect on this level. So I, I, for me, actually, and I, why I love that one so much is because it's the reminder I need relaxed to attract. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I need that too, as a type A. <laughs> Former type A. <laughs> but we always end every episode, Jen, with the question, what makes you feel the most alive? Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, I, I love that question. Um, cause that's what I feel like I'm called here to do too, is to help others feel alive. And what makes me feel like the most alive is when I am fully embodying these teachings and I wake up in the morning and I've practiced and I go outside and I'm, I'm with Sander and I'm just like so taken by how beautiful and bountiful this earth is. And I, when I feel so in lo- alive that I'm making my children's lunches like happily, you know, it's not this degrad like this, oh gosh, I got to do this again. And I feel so alive, you know, just when my husband and I, are able to just have a really deep conversation, even if there's only like three minutes in the day. And it's like, it's like my aliveness comes truly from my aliveness. And that's what I find so empowering is that when I like understand my own secret sauce, which for me personally that I've talked about is, is, is my daily practice that's like my secret sauce. And then I can actually go out into the world and share that aliveness because I see it reflected back to me, whether it be the lunches that are being made or the big oak tree in my yard or how happy my dog is for his walk or the time that my husband just experienced with me. That's when I feel the most alive. So that was beautiful. And that's such a good, like, just a lesson in itself is like to find your own special sauce to feel your aliveness because it can be different for everyone. But for you, it's like your perspective and your commitment to the practice. Some people could just run out the door and not even like, you know, or like give their kids lunch money and be like, you know, (laughs) sign up on the website or whatever. (laughs) But it's like taking a step back. And I think that's the beauty of life too, is like life is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like seeing your dog happy, like that's a beautiful moment. And it's like your decision that you make to see it. Yes. 
there's so much beauty in the simplicity and yeah and that's what I'm called is to help people like it, life it doesn't have to be that hard yeah no it doesn't have we to complicate be. it don't we that's why we're all here too at the same time so right tell everybody where they can find you Great. Yes. I am uh, jennifermarcaccini.com is my website and I can be found on um, Instagram uh, at jennifermarcaccini.com and then also some other outlets. Um, YouTube, YouTube shorts and TikTok. and TikTok. Your breath work tips are blowing up on there. People <laughs> like breath work. That's amazing. And thank, and thank you, Sonia, who is <laughs> my guide now on this, You're in, in the, this social media world. Um, but for but, sure, everybody go check out Jen's socials and then add yourself to her newsletter because that's where you give a lot of your offerings and I do. To stay in the know. I do. I have a consistent, yeah, month, a uh, consistent offering in the newsletter, at least once a month, sometimes two. And, um, and I love offering these short practices and we'll also do some more lives on Instagram and the continuation of the breath practices. And, um, and also have a program coming up that'll launch, um, in November. So I just want to thank both of you though, so much for the space. Uh, it's so beautiful to witness your growth. And you've always been women supporting women. And I just appreciate the support of my story um, on your platform and all that you're doing for our girls. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. Satnam. <laughs> Have a beautiful day. You, you too. too. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.